This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. And welcome again to another episode of Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. This is the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how other entrepreneurs have built and grown their digital marketing agencies. Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to encourage you to go and hit that subscribe button, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is you're listening to us on. Uh, We release new podcasts each and every Tuesday with a different entrepreneur talking about how they uh, grew their agency. So today I have with me Lorna Earnshaw and Lorna is an online business coach and consultant, online marketing specialist and trilingual winning presence vocal coach based in California. She started building her coaching business from the stage in 2004 and has been using social media as her main lead generation source since 2008. After her success as an online coach in 2014, she started working as an online marketing consultant, implementing creative strategies to optimize the online performance and review uh, revenue of six and seven figure businesses around the world. Now, besides her work as a business coach, Lorna also owns a successful online marketing agency, which serves seven figure businesses in North America, South America, and Japan. Lorna, so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks for so much for having me here. I'm excited to about sharing some of the stories. <laughs> yes. So I always start every podcast out exactly the same. And it's my favorite thing to ask people. And it's how did you even become an entrepreneur or a digital agency owner? What did the path of that, of becoming an entrepreneur look like? Was it something you always knew you were going to be as a kid? Or is it something that kind of surprised you? Well, I started as an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never had a nine to five job. That's never been even a, like a possibility for me. When I first graduated in journalism, and I was like 20 years old, I got like kind of like a job to be working somewhere from nine to five and I got sick and I said, I can't do this. And I was like in such a crisis because at that time you couldn't want, this was more than 20 years ago and you didn't have all the information about what is to be an entrepreneur. I was just, you know, by myself in South America. But then the thing is that I, besides my degree in journalism, I had this other passion which was music and i've all my life i've been playing music and i went to the conservatory of music and dance so i was dancing as well so what happened is that i was working as a freelance uh, journalist for a for a magazine in south america and because of the crisis like right now they are laying off a lot of people they let me off. They gave me money because they let me go. And then my mom said, why don't you start teaching dance just as a dance instructor? And she kind of showed me the way on how to do this. Like one day we would do like some direct response and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put ads on the journals and talk to the guy that delivers the newspapers. And then we're going to get clients here. And then we're going to, and the other day we put a, an ad on a newspaper. And then actually what I was doing is the same thing that I'm doing today. But at that time there was no internet, right? Like this was in 1998 or 99. So okay. 
I didn't know how to do it online. So what I just started doing is like I did, I had like a lead magnet, which was the, the free offer of a class that people would come and consume and I would talk to them and I would create a relationship and then I would have the referrals. So I was already doing that for a long time and I started having my my lessons and then I had all these upsells and I had like I started like putting together shows for my students and then I would rent a theater and just bring everybody in and sell the tickets like doing these kinds of things and after that I started doing the same thing after I succeeded on that I started doing it on singing and I started teaching singing lessons and then, because I was like, I didn't want to dance anymore because my thing was music more, most, more than, than dancing, I started teaching singing. And then after, this was in like 2006 or seven, I started posting my videos on YouTube because someone uh -huh. told me that it was a YouTube thing. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to post something there. And I just started <laughs> posting stuff. And then suddenly I went there and I had like 2,000 followers or subscribers. And I didn't even know I could have subscribers. And the thing is that I said, oh, well, maybe I can start posting my lessons. This was in 2008. And I had like, I was very, in a very tough spot because I was scammed by a manager that I used to have at that time when I was really pushing into my career as a singer. I was scammed. I was broke. And I needed students and I had no money to advertise. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to do that. But I realized yeah. that when I posted something on YouTube, I said, oh my God, it's showing on Google. So if I put singing lessons in the city, it's showing on Google. This is magic. It was like blown away 2008. And I said, I think I'm going to do this. So I just spent like one or two afternoons just changing the keywords and the titles. And then, uh -huh. and then I said, okay, I'm going to put my stuff everywhere because then it's going to show on Google. And I didn't learn this anywhere. I was just trying to figure out a way to get students. But what happened is that I started posting my lessons and I talked to a friend who had a studio and said, hey, let's do this. I don't have a camera. So can you film me on your studio and then I will post it on YouTube and I will say that I recorded this here and I said yeah let's do this so I got like lessons and I was like super stiff talking to the camera like this like trying to <laughs> teach things and the light was horrible because I didn't even know I didn't know it was uh, like lighting I just thought oh this looks good like this looks like a nice place so I didn't know what I was doing but the thing is that after a while I got a waiting list on people coming to my lessons. And at the same time, I was doing workshops in person to bring in people. So I would talk to people that had like, for example, a music store and say, hey, can I just give a free lesson here about singing and I can promote some of the products that you have here and you just send it out to your list, which is kind of like an affiliate program. But I wasn't mm -hmm. giving them... so. The thing is that I was kind of doing it without even knowing as a, as a system of survival because I was trying to figure out a way to, to get clients. And at one, at one point, I had like a waiting list. I was traveling to different cities to teach. I was teaching workshops. And then uh, a friend of mine said, hey, look at this. Like I bought this course online for guitar and I bought it from the United States. And at the time I was living in Brazil, I'm not Brazilian, but I spent 
some years there. And then I said, well, it's a good idea. I think I'm going to do a DVD. So I recorded a DVD to sell it online. This was in 2011. So again, I got my friend who at the studio and said, hey, do you want to be part of this? I will record the DVD here and I will put you in the credits. And then I, I made a trade with another student and she would edit it. And then, you know, like it was like all kinds uh -huh. of trades. And, and then I got my first DVD and I started selling it online. This was in 2012. And when I started learning more about digital marketing and how to make it online, I went 100% online in 2013, and I started really working on everything online. I stopped selling the DVDs because who buys a DVD nowadays? They don't even play. You don't even know where to put them, right? So <laughs> I said, I grabbed all the lessons from a DVD. I put it on a Kajabi website, and I started selling uh -huh. And that's when I started my my all like really hardcore digital marketing. And because it started working and I started, I have a video with 1.7 million views on YouTube, another 1.8 million views on Facebook. People were like, what do you do to do this? Help us. And then I started helping other people. And this is how I started my, my digital agency. That is incredible. Those are sometimes the best stories. The people that had no intention whatsoever of starting an agency, but had something that they were super passionate about and just wanted to get the word out. So those stories are some of my absolute favorites. So one of these days, if I ever want to learn how to sing, I'll have to call you up or yeah. look up some I, of those I'm videos. <laughs> so I'm not teaching singing anymore. So what I'm doing now is because I had stopped singing as an artist for a while, because I was so involved in the marketing world and you know, and, and being a musician, an independent musician, it's hard. Like you need to put a lot of investment, you know. So now I'm coming back and I say, okay, I'm going to put all the marketing that I know how to do and I'm putting it in a new, in, in my career as an artist. But I'm not teaching singing anymore. That chapter is, it's finished. But you're going to, you're going to find a lot of stuff online, me teaching singing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So tell me a little bit about your agency now. What specifically does your agency do? And are you servicing a specific niche or are you kind of going after all kinds of people? So I have two parts in my, in my work as an online marketer. One is the part that is the coaching and the other part is the consulting. Because okay. what you can see is that there are people who are willing to learn who are willing to develop their businesses and they want to be more active. And there are people who just want something that is done for them. And they mm -hmm. don't want to, to have to put all the work into implementing. So you have these two parts and these can work as down cells and as they can also work as up cells. Okay. So that's one thing. So that's kind of like the two main things. And then in the agency, what I do is I have different uh, like systems, different products that I offer, and okay. some some of them are more customized, are more like high end, and it's like okay, we're gonna go and, and look at whatever is happening in your business, and we're gonna sell you a package to do an upgrade to see it can be either if you're uh, maybe leaving money on the table because you don't have the systems to to create a recurring sales so that the customers come back so that we can implement, for example, retargeting or email marketing or trying to improve their systems. And something that I also offer, it's a package that it's like a done for you for local businesses to scale. So 
these are like two different routes that I see. Like one that is more something customized that you do for people and work on their businesses. And then on the other hand, when you have something that works for a niche, you can go and repeatedly sell it. And it, that's going to give the opportunity to scale because when you're doing stuff that is very customized, it takes all of your energy, all of your time. And every time you get it with work with a new client, it's like you're in zero because you have to go and learn everything again. So these are the two yeah. models. Gotcha. Well, in your intro, you mentioned that you have clients in North America and South America, which makes perfect sense because of where you've lived all over the country. But you also had a client in Japan. So how did that come about? <laughs> how yeah. did you get in front of uh, Japan, uh, Japanese clients in the first place? Well, so the way this happened is it was luck, but it was not luck because I, I believe that you, when you put yourself out there all the time, you're going to be creating opportunities to network with people. So two, uh, two years ago, almost two years ago, I started dating this guy that is my boyfriend. Now we've been living together for two years, but he's a marketer too. And he was participating of a mastermind and he was uh, called to talk about Facebook ads. And because I had already a lot of success on my Facebook ads and, and a lot of experience for local businesses, for my business, for other people's businesses, they, they said, he said, okay, do you want to come and talk with me in the mastermind? There are going to be like 60 people there. And then I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And they just went there. I was there. I, I didn't get paid. I was like, we didn't have a sales pitch, whatever. He said, just come here. Let's talk about this and answer questions. And I was answering questions. And one of the people who were on, in the audience was my boyfriend's business partner who has companies in Japan and in the United States. And okay. when, when I was talking about uh, all my experience, he said, I want you to work for me. So he, uh, we started talking about this. I created a, a package of consulting, which would be like this high-end package. And I was charging him $10,000 a month to take a look at his two businesses and to see what are the things that we could be doing. I put together a plan. Okay, we need a new website. We need to sell tickets online. We need to create a stronger email list. We need to have events for people to keep coming to your business every month. And so we first had a three-month contract on that. Then we um, renewed for seven more months. And now we were almost uh, renewing the contract again and it would go bigger because he's buying all the company in japan like he's buying a lot of, of uh, parks these are trampoline parks and that would have been like really big deal but then it went off because of the coronavirus so that was put on mm -hmm. hold but uh it was something that happened because of my experience speaking on stage and because of always i think that you need to take every opportunity to put yourself out there because you don't know who's going to be listening to you. I mean, there were 60 people in the room or less, 50. I would have never thought that this guy was a millionaire, that he has all these companies and he was sitting there and he was looking for someone like me to do it. And I think that many times we're so immersed in this system, like we own digital agencies and we think, oh, everybody's doing the same thing. You know, uh, there is so much competition. This is because uh, we many times are too focused on maybe the American uh, the market and we don't see the opportunities that are out there, you know? 
So mm-hmm. this is an, uh, and for me, because I'm trilingual and I come from other places, I'm half British. I have like this thing of, okay, I can go and work in a different culture. It's challenging because most of the things that we could do here and would work, they don't work in Japan. Culture. That's what I was going to ask. How, what were some of the challenges you had to overcome working with somebody that you've never worked in a country you've never worked in before? Yeah, it's, it's very challenging first off because of the culture, the cultural uh-huh. differences, because of the ways, for example, we would speak to each other and oh, the, the quantity of emails that he would send or the way that you talk about things in Japan, they have a culture in which they see American culture as super salesy and, you know, they don't trust it. So yeah. we, it's like, it's very hard. It was very hard for me to come to an agreement when it came to the marketing and the, the, the way of expressing myself. Also, because most of the thing in digital marketing is psychology and mm. it's copy. So when you write copy as when you write journalism, like because I have one degree in journalism and one in songwriting. I have two. The second one is in the, in the United States in songwriting. When you write as a word, that word has so much content, emotional content, you know, that specific word. So when you start working with translations, we lose I lose control of what's happening. Yeah. Because synonyms are not really synonyms. You know, they every every word, every expression has an emotional content and triggers something different in the person's mind. So uh-huh. for me, it was very challenging to work with translators. I had to let it go at some points because, for example, you're working on an email and you make sure that it has a 0% spam score. And I know how to do that because of the words that I'm using. But when mm-hmm. they translate it, they they start using other words because you cannot translate it literally. Then you're going to have to make adjustments. And then my spam score goes up and I don't even know where is the thing because I just see a lot of <laughs> funny little drawings. And I don't know what it says, you know, and it's very hard for me to explain it to other person uh-huh. to teach them copywriting. So those things are were very hard and also the part that here in the states there is so many there are so many tools that we use that they don't support other countries uh, currencies they don't support different types of uh, fonts not fonts them the writing they don't support the japanese yeah. writing the japanese oh. format so i had to hire people that would come and and customize everything. And sometimes yeah. I was like so exhausted about doing this. I was like, <laughs> people will understand it, you know, if it's like 27.00 or 27,00, they know it's 27, you know, but they're yeah. super detailed oriented and they don't like that because it's like, oh, these Americans are coming here and, and you know, and just pushing their stuff on us. So it was really, really challenging. That's why. Now, right now on my agency, I am, I will be focusing for a while only on the scalable, uh, uh, the scalable uh, model. I think it's awesome. You can give a, an amazing, um, deliver amazing results for the client when you do the, this high-end thing, but it's really hard to scale and, and to have more revenue when you're working like this, because so many yeah. things can go wrong. They take all of your time and your energy, so you cannot scale. 
So I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my next uh, next question. If you had to choose between the two, which one would you choose? Something that's totally customizable or something that's you know repeatable? And it sounds like it would be something that you can duplicate. It, it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, if you're really passionate about marketing and you like the challenge and you can charge a lot, uh-huh. I think it, it's a good thing. Now, if you want to go to six figures a month, I don't recommend it because there are going to be very few people who are going to be able to charge to pay you a lot. And yeah, it's going to be so much work for you to figure out what they need. Mm-hmm. That it's like uh, like in a financial part. I, I financially, I don't think it's it's a good idea to do the, the, the very customized. If you want to grow, right? I think that it's good as part of like growing as a, as a marketer. It's a good experience though. That's so true. So true. You don't know until you've tried it at least once. So how are, what are some ways that you're going out there and finding clients and get in front of them in the first place besides the speaking gigs, which I think is great. Um, what else are you guys doing? Well, uh, I have uh, systems in place in which we do outreach, you know, and I have like virtual assistants that help me to find those people all over social media. Uh, right now, I am not running ads for my for my for my company, but it's also a possibility. Okay, you can do that as well. But right now I'm in a moment in which I'm like kind of like going into something that I hate doing. I hate it, which is talking one-on-one to people and like kind of selling them and going one-on-one. I don't like it, but I'm doing it now because I think it's necessary that I do this because especially because of all the things that are happening right now and because I am changing niches right now. I am going into a different, yes, I'm in this process of the transition of changing things. So I want to be talking to people more one-on-one and being on the phone with them. And we do outreach via email. We do outreach mm-hmm. on social media. Uh, we also have the possibility of doing the, the, the video ads. Something that I super recommend is speaking on stage in, in, in the, the right places for you to speak on, on stage. This is not possible right now. And this is one of the main reasons why I'm changing. Yeah. Uh, because I, I truly believe that the best way for you to get clients is speaking on stage. No doubt about it. So how are you getting out there and getting invited to be able to speak on stage? Like how did that process start for you um, to get invited to those things? Well, it's the same thing. You need to go at, we have, uh, people, I have virtual assistants that knock on doors. One is going to open. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's super important that at the same time, you have all of your profiles, your website, everything looking really nice so that when you go and send an email to someone and they look you up, they see that you're legit, you know? So they mm. see that you're around. I've heard a lot of people in agencies saying, you don't need a, a website anymore. I don't believe that. Either. They say, oh, it's too much work. The first thing that someone is going to do is gonna, they're going to look to your website to see if you're a legitimate person or not. You know, So I know that there are people out there that say, no, you don't need a website to start selling and you can go and start. Call. You've heard that before, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't be- in my case, maybe people don't believe me 
maybe they believe them and they don't just go look them up. They don't trust me that much. So I think that's a super important thing because when I say, yes, I'm a, I have to think, and it's, for example, I have a book that has helped me a lot, which is an Amazon. I don't know if you saw it in my bio. I have a book that it's a, a Amazon bestseller in five categories called Speak Out to Close Deals, in which okay. I explain how you're going to be on stage and, and use uh, the, your body, your stage presence, your voice, the words that you use in order to convey your message. So mm -hmm. because I have that book, people pay more attention to me because I introduce myself. I say, okay, I have this book and I will be talking about this, this, this. So having good things that give you this authority, you know, is like people are going to go to Amazon and they're going to see that I actually was there. They're going to mm -hmm. go to my website and they're going to see the screenshots of me being at the top, you know, and then I even explain it. I have case studies on my website saying how I did that. I said, I didn't have a, I, it was my first book on something that is super niche down. How did I do it? Because I did a pre-launch with my followers and I got everybody to buy my book. So yeah. those are the things that people are like, wow, if she can do this, she can do it for me, you know? So yeah. I, I believe that it's the combination of the two things. You reaching out and you need to be like kind of everywhere and have some kind of like social proof. So for example, I have the videos, 1.7 million views. The person can go to my website. I do the claim. They click there. They're going to go to YouTube. They're going to see it. Yeah. Right? Just getting so, out there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So you said you're switching niches. Tell me a little bit about the new niche. <laughs> well, this is the thing because of, uh, because of everything that it's been happening. And I was like super engaged with this client and I said, okay, I need, I want to scale. And I also had my work as a coach and I've been helping people to do their video marketing, to speak on camera, to speak on stage. And I had this program on how to uh, speak on stage and close deals, which is what I've been yeah. doing for since two, since 19, I don't even want to say because it's embarrassing, for 20 <laughs> years, okay? That's what I've been doing. And that's what I do as a singer. I sell myself on stage. I sell mm -hmm. my, not myself as a person, but I'm selling my services. I'm, I'm communicating with people. I'm creating this emotional connection with people when I'm singing. So I yeah. had this program and I've been training people on that. And I was ready to launch this at the beginning of the year after I was kind of like tired of doing this thing, like so customized. And I've been working like with different niches, running ads for a campaign, like for, I, I run ads for like this Hollywood celebrity. And then I run ads for like this body shop and then for a, a cell phone shop. And then for like things that are like, this is the problem that I was telling you. So I was like, okay, I need to change. Maybe I need to go and do something that is more focused on one thing, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I was trying to say, okay, maybe I'll go. And I was trying to figure out what to do. And thank God, because I was able, I, I'm not like super desperate running after clients because I was able to have a cushion, you know, in my, because yeah. of my revenue. But I said, okay, I will go and experiment. And I was ready to launch. And then all the coronavirus hit the fun. So, and they said, okay, this is not going to work. I said, okay, well, mm -hmm. maybe I can go instead of doing this program and coaching on this, maybe I can go and help people who 
need, who can help people right now in the current situation. I would choose a, a niche that is needed right now. And I went after uh, hypnotherapists and I said, I'm going to help them create, I'm going to go and create one thing for hypnotherapists for them to do tele, um, uh, for them to, to work with people online because it's going to be needed. And I felt like, oh, I feel good. I feel good about this. They're going to help people. It's going to be awesome. And <laughs> I was like super excited and like, Every time that I've tried something and I stick to it, it had worked. It, I mean, it takes a while, but it works, you know? So I was like, yeah. it's going to work. Like everything else works. And then I went into this niche and I said, this is not a good niche. Because sometimes I was like trying to teach entrepreneurship to people who are not entrepreneurs. And mm. said, mm. that's a bigger hurdle. <laughs> See, so this shouldn't be a coaching program. This should be a consulting program. Mm -hmm. So it worked. I mean, I, I sold a couple of programs to these people because I have programs in which I teach the online marketing strategies, all my experience doing the video marketing campaigns and all the things that I've done that are very different from what is out there because I tried not to look at what everybody else is doing, just do what I've learned, what has worked yeah. for me, because I think that there's a lot of people there like copycatting, you know, they go buy a program, they copy everything, they record again, they say it's their own strategy. I don't do that. Yeah. Uh, so I've been sharing things that I've been doing forever and that I've learned with my experience. So I made a couple of sales, but then I, I was, I saw myself on the phone with 30 people that were completely unqualified to, to take my program. And then I was like, okay guys, let's switch again. So I've been like in this like switch mode over and over for a while. And I think it's a good thing, you know, yes. because definitely a good thing. Yeah. It, the worst thing you can do is to stick to something that doesn't work and, and just, you know, and just put more effort and more effort. I was like, okay, I, I can do like, it's not a complete, it's not like I'm going to go and become a, a chef. You know, it's not like I'm completely changing, but like, okay, so I'm going to go into a, a different niche and I decided to go into consulting because, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going into consulting and I will be focusing in the next few months, like the next season, I want to focus in the next six months into scale and in just one, uh, one niche because I want to go into something that is like going to work right off the bat, even right now with this coronavirus crisis. I don't think that people right now have the patience to stick to coaching programs. I don't think that people have the patience to go and put money 10 months. And then like what I did with Japan, creating something that took 10 months for them to see results. I, yeah. It's like, like people are right now, like in a super like survival mode. And I said, I'm going to sell something that I know that creates like a response because people are needing it. Okay. Yes. And this is, this is what I'm changing now. And I'm doing now I'm entering this new phase of doing the consulting with packages for just one niche on Facebook ads. You can go to my website and you can buy my programs. That's fine. But I'm not promoting that right now because I don't think that people are in the mindset to do that. 
No, they're just in the mindset right now. The business owners are, I just need people in the door because I got to keep my business doors open. So how do I get people in the door? That's the only thing they care about right now. Right. Like for you to be able to start an online business now from scratch and become an entrepreneur and work on all your internal blockages and productivity, like they're, they don't have the capacity. I've been talking to people on the phone and that's what I learned. That's why it's so good to, to talk on the phone. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I might be blowing away my budget on, on Facebook ads and wondering why it's not working. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, kind of so like, true. It's like a war, you know, where you're in war, people are like in survival mode. Look at all the craziness that we're going through. People just can't, just can't, don't have the peace of mind to create something like so far ahead. I get it. Some people are selling coaching programs. Uh, maybe for them, it's, it's a different situation, but that, this is what I decided to do. I like it. So how much are you charging for consulting for businesses? It depends. Uh, for example, okay. if it's a, it's a company like this one in Japan, in which I have to do something that is um, customized, the minimum is $5,000 a month. And then we start with like a short contract, like three month contract, and then we can renew it. So if it's like two companies, 10,000, uh, mm -hmm. this guy hired me for two companies, right? But I still believe that the best thing that you can do is to do advising and getting them to do it or getting somebody else to do it. So the, le the least that you do, the least that you have to be building pages, the better. And then if you're, if I'm doing Facebook ads around to 2,500 a month. Okay. And uh, that includes like $500 on, on budget for Facebook ads. Ad spend. I like it. Okay. All right. So once you get a new client, how are you onboarding them? How are you bringing them into your systems? And is there any softwares that you use to make your life easier as an agency owner? Yeah, I use Kajabi. I love Kajabi. Yeah, we do too. I love Kajabi because it gives me like uh, all the capacity to have like my programs. Uh, I have, I've been working with, with Kajabi since 2013. Okay. So I, so I've, I've been on Kajabi for seven years already. So I'm very comfortable with it. I already, I use Zapier, of course. Mm -hmm. I use all kinds of automations on Zapier. So for example, I have my VA in the Philippines and I have my team viewer and I have a PC that she uses. And I always joke, like she's inside the PC sitting next to me. So like, <laughs> this is Anna Lou, <laughs> she's on the PC. <laughs> she's not there, but then like the, the computer just moves by her by itself because she, yeah. uh, she helps me to manage all my social media to repurpose all of my content. And she helps me to reach out to people. And then we have Slack to communicate. And then yep. I have all kinds of automations from Slack into my phone, into spreadsheets. Um, so we have all uh, like all kinds of automations. Loom to talk to her. Uh, okay. Like I have all these oh, a million things. It's like yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like a lot it. Of, so. A lot of Oh, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? So how did you learn how to do the automations? Is that something that you just picked up on your own or did you go and go search somebody out and have them teach you? I, uh, most of the things I've learned them on my own because of need, like my whole life. Yeah. I, I am like, kind of like, I was, I've always trusted in my way of figuring things out. And I've been through really tough, rough spots in my life. 
I'm not I'm not saying this like oh poor me because I know that a lot of people have suffered a lot. But mm-hmm. I've always, even if I've been like through really hard situations, I was always very proactive to find a solution. And I always had the belief that there was a solution out there. So that's how I started. And this is how I learned to automate. And also, of course, I've spent a lot of money on programs, on coaches, masterminds. So yeah, I, I've invested around, I think that easily like, Seventy thousand dollars on on coaching and and education, wow. masterminds, coaching, high end masterminds, you name it. But I'm assuming that doing that and investing that money has helped you grow as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as somebody that's wanting to go out and help other people. I mean, I'm sure that was an inv- a good investment. Yeah, I, that's the thing. You know, I think that there are a lot of ways ways for you to start learning about the marketing. But as, as you start growing, you want to, to surround yourself with people that are far ahead from you. And mm-hmm. you need to pay for that. You know, if I want to be sitting in a table with a guy that, and, and I want to be in, in meetings with a person that is making a hundred grand a month in his company, on his business, sharing his ideas with me, I need to pay for that. You're not going to mm-hmm. find that on YouTube, you know? So the more you want to grow, the more you're going to have to invest and pay high ticket to be surrounded by those people. And that is, then it's up to you. You know, if you want to stay having a, like a, a digital agency to make two grand a month and just hire, like maybe your uncle asks you to do this, this, then you're not going to spend money, but you're not going to grow. Yeah. And also when you put money into it and you pay for coaching, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. You know, you're not, when you start really investing and surrounding yourself with people, I feel, I feel bad now that I'm not making a hundred grand a month. I feel bad, but that's a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing because I've been surrounding myself with people that are high ahead level. of me. I, I am not, mm-hmm. I am not there. I'm not going to come here and tell you, yeah, yes, I'm making a hundred grand. I know there are a lot of people that make a lot more money than I do. But yeah. the fact that now I'm feeling bad because I'm not there, it means that I'm I'm on my way. If I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a five figure earner. I'm not gonna move. <laughs> I'm not gonna grow. Yeah, you always gotta be striving for something more. I love that. Love that about you. So, of everything that you're doing right now in your agency, what is the one thing that you do that you absolutely just love? Well. I wouldn't say it's in my agency. What I'm doing right now is I put all my efforts into my music. So I'm in a season in which I'm creating my online business in music and I'm going so hardcore with it. But it's uh-huh. hardcore. Like my growth is insane. My engagement is insane. So I, I am really enjoying right now creating my online music and you guys can check it out. My fan page is Lorna on Facebook. I, I went hard into finding the niche. I went hard into finding the message, into finding the words. And I'm having like outrageous results of people that are sticking to my work. And it's growing at, like at a rate and with a cost that is so low because of all this, all this work that I've been putting, you know, like I'm having like 24% click-through rate on my ads. Oh, wow. Like, insane. You know, like yeah. 25% of the people who see my stuff they're liking it or sharing it. 
on yeah. Facebook. So I am really enjoying that, like being able to put all that into my music, which is I be, I am a musician, you know. I can be doing this this uh, business thing, but deep in my soul, I am a, I'm an artist, you know. I'm yeah. A, I want to do things because they're beautiful. I, I'm all about beauty in the world. So I am. That's why. That's why also I can bring a different perspective to the people that work with me because they know that I'm an artist. I'm not like this, like typical digital marketer. So this is part uh -huh. of my brand, you know? Yes. So I am really enjoying putting that into my music and creating, like I'm going so hard that I know that in a year I will be like in a way different place in my music. So yes. I'm enjoying that right now. Like, and then of course, like I, I believe that we need to have different streams of income as a business owner, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like having, having my online business in which I'm going to be selling on, I'm going to be selling e-commerce. I already have people that are producing stuff for me. It's, I'm going to create, I'm creating a brand that is uh, attached to my music with jewelry, like super nice stuff that I'm bringing from abroad. So I'm like creating all those things that are not about the agency, but it's like another business that I'm creating for myself that it also has to do with, uh, I want to do stuff that is like more of like a passive income, like royalties yeah, and, and things that I don't need to be like working on my agency all the time. So I want to have like something like in different, in different um, baskets, you know, like yeah. so that I don't have everything in one thing. I like it. Well, and it's your passion too. And you could just from talking to you and looking at you, I can tell that that is your passion. So I absolutely <laughs> love when people are pushing into their passions. So Lorna, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your, your wealth of knowledge and your, exp uh, your experiences in this world. So thank you for being with us. And thanks for having me. And I'm here. If you have any questions, just stick to it because you guys, even if now when you're starting out, it might be kind of hard. What we have is the most valuable skill in the world nowadays. So it might be hard at the beginning until you get one or two clients, until you feel confident, until you figure out where to find them. But this is the way to go. Don't, don't give up. That's what I wanted to tell everybody. I love it. I love it. I love your spirit. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.